0: Welcome to the Gal's Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well that's up to each gal. All we know is that
1: fasten your seat belts. It's going to be a bumpy night
0: welcome back i'm leah and i'm joined by bonnie and katie and eden and we are talking about our one cool indigenous gal so bonnie already talked about elizabeth Wanamaker petrovich and Eden talked about Shashin Little Feather. And Katie talked about Mary Gold Ross. But before we dive back in, let's get to know something random about our gal pals. So, my question to you all is what is something that non Indigenous people can learn from Indigenous people?
1: Ooh, pick me, pick yes, me! Eden, <laughs> your hand is up. <laughs> Okay, so I'm a ch- I'm a Gen Xer. Yes, child of the 70s and 80s. Same. Yes, yes, yes. And so uh, that was really when the conservation movement was getting mm-hmm. underway, and people were taking care of the earth. Mm-hmm. And that crying Itta- Indian, yeah, and the yes. cr- the crying, yep. not mm-hmm. actually Native American, right. but actually Italian right. guy, exactly. Yes, very true about the litter. <laughs> right. Um. Anyway. Um. So. Because we were so into recycling and mm-hmm. conservation and taking care of the land and all of this. Yeah. I, as a child, never understood why we didn't ask, why why the non-Indigenous people, mm-hmm. why we didn't ask the Indigenous people, okay, you guys are the best people. To on, protect the land. Yeah, yeah. On how to live on the land without... Mm-hmm destroying the land while you grow things and do your do your livelihood since white people got here that seems like the opposite of what they've been doing
0: so maybe so
1: i'm so i remember (laughs) being young and thinking why is nobody asking the the native americans you know how do we how do we conserve and what's the best way to keep the soil good and all this yeah and of course, it wasn't until I was older yeah. and realized just how terribly uh, this country has treated yeah. indigenous Americans. It's kind of
0: like, oh, you would like me to help?
1: <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. it, hmm. and then I was very sad yeah, because I'm thinking right. opportunity this lost. is an opportunity lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, the answer is so simple and yet clearly it's not. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So that would be mine. Conservation, yeah. protecting the earth—you
0: know, honing in with nature exactly. I dig it. Exactly, that would be fantastic. What about you, ladies? What is something? I was thinking a, yeah. a very
2: similar thing, like a balance yeah. with nature. Um, what I think goes hand in hand with a lot of like Taoist stuff, where the mm-hmm. yin and the yang come yeah. from. It's, it's having a very balance with nature, right? A kind of a thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. I dig it. Oh, those are really good answers. Katie's got I'm her confused. Not confused yeah. face. Katie's got her, oh,
2: damn I'm it carrying... face. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. <laughs> I would say, I mean, I know it hasn't always been successful and I know our government has done atrocious things to Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would hope that we could like be inspired by them to fight back. Okay. Inspired mm-hmm. by people, by Native Americans, to like mm-hmm. say that's not right, and and like to fight back on their behalf to join them, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. to also just say something. Because I feel like there's a yeah, lot of political apathy, and there's a lot of fucked up shit going on right mm-hmm. now yeah. Yeah. that needs called out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that look, needs
0: allies as well as heroes, heroes. Right? Mm-hmm.
2: Being yeah, mm-hmm. inspired to be mm-hmm. an ally to be a hero. Yeah. That'd be cool. Absolutely. Um, For me,
0: I totally go to folktales. I mm, love mm, me good yeah. indigenous uh, folktale. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of um, not only folktales, but um, origin stories. Yes. <laughs> I love mm. seeing, because so many of indigenous storylines are um, about how the world was birthed, and it's usually a, yes. you know a matriarchal mother yes. uh, myth. <laughs> Yes. But also just little things of how to get along with others are yes. very beautiful stories. There's the um, the the quick myth about the there are two wolves. Oh yes, the two wolves story mm-hmm. where one of them is uh, you know mean and you know uh, and kills everything it sees, um, and another one is soft and gentle. And it's um, how do you know which wolf you are? And it's the one you feed. So if yes. you feed the evil one or if you feed the good one, that's the one you become. And it's like, I love those, yes. those kind of tales. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like the farther back in history you go, that's where you get those stories. Yes, um, You got to go to the original source of the mm-hmm. indigenous people of that land. And I love all of them because they have, They kind of weave together where they're the same but different. Yes. But if you put them all together, like, you feel like you unlock the secrets of the universe. So it's pretty cool. (laughs) Kind
1: of yeah. Kind of yeah.
0: So I'll love me a good folktale at any point. And that has nothing to do with the lady that I am covering. (laughs) (laughs) Just wanted to keep you on your toes, (laughs) y'all. So my Indigenous gal is a wonderful example that women can be more than one thing. I love a gal who does a lot of different things, but not without a whole bunch of struggle along with it as well. So I'm going to tell you about Zikala Shaw. She was a writer. She was a political activist. She was a teacher. She was an intellectual. And she was a musician. She is known for creating the first Native American opera. Nice. Right? Exactly. Okay. So she was born on the Yankton Sioux Reservation that is now commonly known as South Dakota. Uh, Her name, Zikala Shaw, means red bird, and she Mm. gave it to herself. Um, She was born around 1876, so we're talking a while back. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was raised by her mother. Her father abandoned the family, so there is not much to be known about him because he just couldn't be bothered. Mm. Uh, When Zika was eight years old, Quaker missionaries came to the reservation and took her and other kids to... A boarding school. Yeah, I'm going to be talking about the terrible Indian boarding schools. The
2: Quakers are supposed to be the nice ones.
0: They are. Do you know where they took them to in the boarding school? Oh, Wabash, Indiana. Oh! Uh Uh-huh! So the school was called White's Indiana Manual Labor Institute. They Man- didn't even hide the no. name. Manual <laughs> labor.
2: <laughs> Manual labor, and the, and white in it as
0: well. Oh yeah, but
2: really. Didn't the Quakers hope... think like the harder you worked, the closer you got to God. Yes. So they were saving those children.
0: Yes, they really thought they were doing mm. the Lord's work. It's um, supposed to be
2: for equality.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, not Quakers. so much. Uh, right. The the students were. Pulling pulled away from their culture, their heritage, they were given new names. So Zika Shaw's name that she was given was Gertrude Simmons. So you might mm. see references to a Gertrude Simmons. She didn't choose that name. Mm. <laughs> uh, we know about her time and her thoughts about the Institute because she wrote about them. Mm. Uh, she was very conflicted because at the school, she learned how to read and write. So yay, she can tell her story. Mm -hmm. Uh, She also learned how to play the violin. The violin will come in handy Mm -hmm. with a couple of opportunities. But she was forced to cut her hair and wear a uniform Mm -hmm. and cut ties to her heritage and forced to Christian prayer constantly Mm, Uh, so she was there for three years before she returned home to the reservation but when she came back it was really difficult for her she was kind of caught between two worlds Mm -hmm. she could now read and write she knew a little bit about the outside world she wasn't really treated you know as a member of the tribe so much anymore because she had left and then come back um so she actually decided to give it another three years at the boarding school. Oh uh-huh.
2: labor camp.
0: Yes. So she had very mixed thoughts about this, but uh, she went back until she was 15 years old. Um so she learned to study the piano and the violin. That did give her a job as a music teacher. So it did okay. give her a future. Mm-hmm. Um, it also won her a scholarship to Earlham College
2: in mm. Richmond, Indiana. The Quakers. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: So glorious
2: Indiana times. Good old
0: Earlham College.
2: Right next to that candle factory.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 But while she was there, she did start to plug in and start writing down indigenous stories of the people around her. Um, She also was translating stories of her people into Latin and into English so that more people could have access to them. Um, She didn't graduate from uh, Earlham because of money and health issues. So instead, she went to the New England Conservatory of Music. Not a bad, like, trade-up, basically. No, no, not at all. Um, And because of that New England Conservatory of Music, she was in the right place at the right time to go to the Paris Exposition in 1900 Mm. and to play for the president, William McKinley, at the White House. (gasps) Nice. So she got some nice opportunities out of that. Um, at age twenty-three, so she's only twenty-three when all this has happened to her. Nobody likes you when you're twenty-three. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she took a job as a music teacher in Pennsylvania, and this wasn't just any teaching job. It was at the flagship Indian boarding uh, school, Carlisle. Yes. Oh, yes, it was. So yeah. Carlisle was basically the 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 models for all the other Indian schools. Um, to really indoctrinate Native Americans mm. into white society. I don't know why I use quotes on white society, but society. Um, so, yeah, the Carlisle Indian Industrial School sent Zikhala back to the reservation to get more students. <gasps> hmm. Mm Oh. Now, when she returned, the reservation was not in good shape. Um, A whole bunch of white settlers were taking over. Poverty was running rampant. Um, And she started writing about her people, and she started writing about her life. She did not pull any punches in her writing. And in 1901, she wrote for Harper's Monthly about how a student at Carlisle felt the loss of their identity from the school and how horrible the school was. And she was fine. Tired? What? How did they? (laughs) She continued to write about how horrible the school was. That's how we found out about it. There was a little bit of backlash. People said, oh, you're biting the hand that feeds you. They taught you how to read and write, and now you're using it against them. And she's like, well, but they're horrible. What are you going to do? But she didn't (laughs) go to Carlisle. Right, but she was a teacher there. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly but, but you know
2: what she called him out they didn't want called out maybe they shouldn't have done it maybe you yeah. shouldn't have been a
0: bad person mm-hmm. in the first totally, totally. just totally. saying exactly yeah. didn't bad start behavior. none won't be none <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. yes.
0: Just saying. Uh, So she went back to her reservation, and she really plugged into her people. Um, She took care of her mother, and she collected stories and published a book called Old Indian Legends. Um, She said about her book, quote, I have tried to transplant the native spirit of these tales into English language since Americans in the last few centuries has acquired a new tongue. So you can get her little, like, sarcastic, like, Mm -hmm. it was our language, but Mm. whatevs. Uh, She worked as a clerk for the Bureau of Indian Affairs at the office of Standing Rock. So, yeah, exactly. Kind of, you know, brings it a little modern today. She married a military dude who was one quarter Yankin, Dakota. Uh, He was raised in the indigenous culture. His name was Captain Raymond Talese Bonin. He's got mm. he's nice. got four names, Bonnie. There
2: you go. One <laughs> of I them very
0: did. one of them very similar to yours. Bonnie. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, he was the grandson of a French trader, so mm. that's why, you know, that gotcha. determined to stay on the reservation. Soon after they were married, Captain Raymond was stationed on a reservation in Utah which moved them to Utah. Uh, They would stay on that reservation in Utah for 14 years, and they would also have a son as well in that time. So while she was in Utah, though, she met a professor at Brigham Young University, and they collaborated on an opera. (laughs) So William F. Hansen and Zekala Shaw completed the Sundance Opera. Sundance? Mm. What? Movie people, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Yes. Not only from the Sundance, you know, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, but also from the Sundance Opera (laughs) that Zekala Shaw uh, wrote with William F. Hansen. Uh, But this was... um, performed for the first time in 1913, the Sundance Opera. Um, It was a bridge between her life as a Sioux Native American and also the world of white America as well. It was one of those things to kind of bridge between the two. It was the first opera ever written by a first American Indian, and it incorporated Sioux rituals in it as well. Nice. So it would be performed by a mixed race uh, cast Sometimes it would be performed by an all white performers because, you know, depends on where the show was (laughs) and how racist the audience was. But the point of it was that Native Americans were being recognized, Mm -hmm. that you were able to appreciate the music, the dance, the ritual, um, because they were not being recognized as citizens of the United States. And Zekala Shaw thought music was one way to start this conversation, and she ended up dedicating the rest of her life to actually trying to do even more of that. So she joined the Society of American Indians to lobby for full American citizenship. She used her voice to criticize the assimilation policy and child abuse that she saw firsthand at the schools. Um, That didn't go over very well in Utah, though, for some odd reason. (laughs) So her husband was fired.
1: Oh, yikes.
0: She was doing what she was doing, you know what I mean, at at the lobbying. But her husband was fired. And so they moved to Washington, (laughs) D.C. which is a very wonderful calculated move. Uh, She kept, Zikalashok kept with the organization. She just moved to the Washington DC chapter. Uh, She was also the editor for a year for American Indian Magazine as well, getting her words out there. She traveled the country speaking for the rights of indigenous people. She starts to remind me of Susan B a little bit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's got that little bit of Susan B to her. Um, So with great effort, the 1924 Federal Indian Citizen Act passed. citizenship Act passed. Uh, but it was up to each state of what they wanted to do with it. Mm. <laughs> kind of like the women's suffrage where it was had to be ratified by each of the states. Mm. Um, so she and her husband, Captain Raymond, they founded the National Council of American Indians. Their goal was kind of like the suffragettes to go from state to state to try to mm-hmm. get each state to actually put into act the citizenship agreement so that Native Americans could vote yeah. mm-hmm. um, and have equal rights. So the goal was, quote, unite the tribes across the United States to gain suffrage for all Indians. She was nice. the president of that organization for 12 years. Uh, she also worked with white suffrage groups, too. Mm-hmm. And she was active in the General Federation of Women's Clubs. Yeah. Yay! yay! She was she was all up in those women's clubs. I loved it. Um Zee Kalashan unfortunately died before seeing full voting rights for her people. Uh, She died in 1938 at the age of 62. Mm -hmm. So not a super long life, but not a super short life. Um, But three months after her death, the opera Sundance was performed in New York and so it got to a wider audience and so people were more aware of it and got to see it she is also buried at Arlington National Cemetery because her husband was a captain Mm -hmm. and was also in uh, World War II so wait World War II no, can't be World War Two. World War One. <laughs> yes. I'm like looking at my math and I'm like, wait a second, that's not right. <laughs> um, but on her tombstone, it reads Gertrude Simmons Bonin slash Zikala Shaw of the Sioux Indians. So she was even kind of in two worlds on yeah. her tombstone as yeah. well. So uh, even though it was a name she did not choose for herself, it looks like. She still acknowledged uh, that it was. So it wouldn't be until 1964 that the Voting Rights Act for Native Americans was finally a right to vote in every state. And that is because of the Civil Rights Amendment. Yes. What was the year? 1964. So the civil rights... (laughs) What? uh I know. So even though 1924, the Federal Indian Citizen Act passed, not all the states would do jack or shit. Yes. Mm -hmm. So not until 64 with the civil rights where it was, screw it, this is not state by state, uh, were Native Americans allowed to vote in every state.
2: However...
0: (laughs) It was not easy. It was the same thing that African Americans went yes. through with, um, basically, can you pass this literacy test? Yeah. Or can you name all the presidents alphabetically? Or you know, it was still like yeah. really just absolutely terrible, terrible crap. Um, and even after World War One and World War Two, uh, when you had um, being sent over to war, coming back that they couldn't vote. And there was even groups of the Navajo Code Talkers Mm. who got in uniform and went to the polling place and were denied their ability to vote. And they're like, we served our country. Mm -hmm. Why can't we vote? So it was one of those absolute, you know... Terrible embarrassment uh, things, but I did have this. This is according to a Washington Post article from 2020 about voting rights. Um, So it says many laws and policies said that Native Americans weren't citizens because they were subjects or wards of the government. That was the loophole that they were trying to say. Uh, in Minnesota, the state constitution had a cultural purity test that prohibited Native Americans from voting unless they adopted the language, customs, and habits of uh. civil- civilization.
1: Oh my God! If that's not insult, to injury Oh my God! So even with the
0: Fourteenth and Fifteenth Amendment to the Constitution that would grant citizenships uh, and rights to vote for African Americans, they interpreted those laws exclusively to African Americans and not to Native Americans because they were subjects and wards. Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> because I think I think the U.S. government continued to uh, interact with. Um, Uh, native tribes as sovereign entities until like 1871. Right. Yes, And so that would have been after 1855. Yes, there was the treaty. Yes. Right. So um, yeah, that's terrible. Isn't it though? It's so
0: utterly horrible, but I wanted to bring it up because when we know better, we do better. Absolutely. (laughs) And it's things like this that we aren't necessarily like taught in school. Um, but the, it's one of those things where voting rights are so important and it's one way to, you know, to hurt a people. But at the same time, we're talking about boarding schools and indoctrination Correct. of, you know, erase all of your heritage, erase your language. Um, it's just absolutely, um, it's terrible. And, you know, we just have to like realize, you know what, there needs to, we need to fix this <laughs> and we need to do better. And also realize that not many Native Americans will go vote because of the shit that they've had to deal with forever. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, cool. I get to vote now. Well, like, screw y'all. You know what I mean? Like, you've done everything from poll taxes to literacy tests to telling me that I'm a subject or a ward of the government, you know, and then I don't get clean water. Um what the hell. Um so I do I will put a link in the show notes there's actually even more on voting rights for Native Americans and the struggle to even get through, um, which was absolutely horrible. It's a Washington Post article, so I will totally put that in the notes. So, in other words, Z Shaw started a fight that did not end in her lifetime. Um, it did not end for many decades past her yeah. lifetime. Um, but she decided to first use music and then use policy uh, like a glorious little suffragette to try and get the votes right. So. <laughs> yes!
1: You know, it's interesting because, you know, as as... US citizens of the 20th and now 21st century right. were used to thinking okay this amendment gave us this and that right. amendment gave us that no. you know and you think <laughs> okay so mm-hmm. the the 14th amendment made was supposedly made anybody born on American soil right. a citizen that's right. how mm-hmm. black people became US citizens mm-hmm. but somehow that didn't quite mm-hmm. extend mm-hmm. to the native mm-hmm. americans and women you know, yeah <laughs> right and then you know okay so you have the um the 15th amendment that lets you know black men vote mm-hmm. but if you're in the south you gotta wait <laughs> a whole hundred years right for mm-hmm. the civil rights act the voting rights act to pass right and then oh we've got the 19th amendment mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and you where the women can now vote right But that's really only Mm -hmm. the white chicks. Right, exactly. It's not the black chicks. It's not the indigenous chicks. It's not a clear uh, across the board for everybody. And then, mm -hmm. yes. And then it's like the late 70s before uh, indigenous people could fully practice their religious um, uh, ceremonies the way they wanted to. Right. So- that's what the first amendment freedom of religion right exactly and can't, mm-hmm. but they didn't apply and it's like what mm-hmm. how
0: yeah. insult to injury is this over and over again yeah it's like mm-hmm. the u.s
1: is the most wishy-washy mm-hmm. <laughs> historically speaking mm-hmm. moody little teenagers kind of, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. how hormonal uh-huh exactly And what
2: except yes well i don't know everyone's equal except exactly uh-huh.
0: except for the you know the the group that I hate this particular month. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wait, and there's that other group that I hate. Right, exactly. Oh, wait, th-
1: there's that other group, too. Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think we would get a lot farther, a lot faster if we just, you know, stopped hating little groups. And, yes. You know.
1: And just kind of, you know. Exactly. Okay, let's just, like, have the laws do what they're supposed to do. Exactly. Let's
0: just get along. Mm-hmm. Let's let everybody vote. Let's let everybody have their yes. say. You're all in gonna the Constitution. Corrupt. You're all going to corrupt it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Totally, <laughs> exactly. Well,
2: on that angered, spirited note, <laughs> I wanted to just share. I looked her up. Oh yeah, in yeah, yeah. Arlington. Yes, she's actually very close to Kennedy. Like <gasps> really? she's like like twenty feet away from Kennedy. Is oh, wow. she with her husband? Oh wow. Um. Yeah. I'm guessing it seemed like when we were there that like on either side, like the tombstones were double sided. Yes, and that like the spouses were on e- either side is oh. what it seemed. Okay. Like. Yeah. Um, Because we were noticing male names on one side and female names on the other Okay, Okay, gotcha. Um, But also Ruth is like right over there too.
0: Oh, so she's by Ruth and Kennedy. Oh, look at that. Way to go see color
1: Yay. (laughs) Little
0: red bird too. Thanks for finding a light
2: note, Bonnie. Yay. (laughs) We can end on a positive note. I (laughs) I love it. Exactly. Well, I mean. When did finding somebody's grave become a positive (laughs) note? Because (laughs) Yes. Just ask. You know what, I think
0: because <laughs> for me, it's because um, Sister Rosetta Tharp didn't freaking have one. Mm-hmm. And the fact of not having a tombstone angered me so much. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. that's the least you can do, mm-hmm. is put a stone with somebody's name on it to say that they existed, yeah. and here's yeah. where they are. So for me, it's like, at least her name is on it. She's at Arlington, which means some somebody's taking care of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe it's our money, but somebody's taking yeah. care mm-hmm.
2: of it. <laughs> and people can see. Henrietta Lacks, or like her mother, or someone in the family.
0: They have like, a the grave
2: was not like upkept and
0: right. It was on family property, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think now yeah. it is. It now there's a foundation, so yeah. now it's yeah. better upkept. But I mean, there just there wasn't money. Yeah, <laughs> and it was tornado country too, because a tornado <laughs> went through a couple of times.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
0: yes. All right. Well, should I wrap us up for season three? Oh, my yeah, God. So that wraps it up for season three what? of the Gals Guide <laughs> podcast. It is the last episode of 2021. We will return January 3rd, where we will be talking about revolutionary gals. <laughs> so that might be of the Revolutionary War, or that just might be a revolutionary mm. gal. So in other words, we're coming back angry in January. <laughs> 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 yep.
2: What if it's revolutionary, girls? Yes, exactly. <laughs> we talk
0: about our new Our resolutions will be revolutionary. How yeah. about that? Oh. oh yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. We will see you in 2022. For show notes, links and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a galsguide patron today. Thanks for listening.